Love burgers and pizza. Wanna see me eat some? Can't get enough of that meat. Yum. Chili cheese fries and some Mr. Pib. I need tacos with a nasty dip. Pico de gallo, mayo or dryo. Hot sauce or barbecue straight from Ohio. Homemade coleslaw, fuck Boston Market. Junky blue cheese range into five star bread. Only one time was in pizza. Hello and welcome to Bring a Plate. My name is Peter Taggart. And I am Rebecca Shaw. Rebecca Shaw. Oh my oh, god, it's, it's been, been so, so long. long. Jinx. <laughs> We're like Garth and Cat from SNL. <laughs> we are. Do you, you think, think that this episode is, is going, going to, to be, be any good? good? I think I said sex good. Yes, it is going to be yes, sex good. Sex good. <laughs> yeah. We're going to have sex immediately after <laughs> yep. this. And it'll be good, not great. No, it's just going to be good. <laughs> yeah. Yep. That's okay. Look. We are at Reba McIntyre's 59th birthday. That's where we are today. Yes. Unbelievable. I know. Some would say. <laughs> some, some would say that, that some it's unbelievable. Say, um, she is turning 59, Reba. She doesn't look a day over 59. She doesn't look a day over what she's supposed to look. <laughs> yeah. Which I'm not sure because I'm pretty sure she grew up in Whoville where they have no ages. Um. <laughs> Oh, God. There's a lot of friends and family here. We we throw this bash every year for Reba. Yes. Um, on the 28th of March. Nobody ever shows up. Including Reba. Including Reba. She's never, she doesn't know about it. No. I went to the um, Nashville Hall of Fame last year. Oh, fancy. Uh, the Country Music Hall of Fame. Yeah, I've heard of it. And um, have you heard of Country Music? Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. And they were having a Reba exhibit. What? Not the rapper exhibit. <laughs> That'd be good though. Yeah, and so it was a whole room full of... Whole room of Reba. Whole Reba, Reba room. Reba room, yeah. yeah. It was really good. Did you ever anyway. see her in um, South Pacific? I think you can get it on YouTube. She oh. um, did like a staged kind of reading, very pared down in front of an orchestra of um, South Pacific with her and um, Alec Baldwin was in it as well. Oh. And she was like, some enchanted evening... <laughs> You will meet a stranger. <laughs> it's amazing. I do love her accent oh. so much, and it has. I don't know if she practices to make to keep it. At that did you southern. watch her sitcom? Of course, I did. Reba, Reba, Reba. Yeah, I've Reba. seen that a lot. And I should talk over the, over uh, the break. Yes, there's been a long break, more than a month, two months, maybe. We yeah. did a. I think I've show. had two periods. <laughs> that is how you measure <laughs> yeah. things. That's how much a time. One and a half period. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. <laughs> We we did do a show uh, for Star Observer Digital in Sydney called Fat Heads for five weeks. Raging success. Up. Raging success. <laughs> the phone did not stop ringing. <laughs> um, after that. I have we, to say, I think we did. I think it was a good show. I think it was a good show. But guess what? It was full of music and nobody will ever hear it. Yeah. So, sorry. <laughs> sorry. If you weren't listening at the time. Yeah. And then you were like. Gallivanting, I like was Sydney and Melbourne. Yeah, you were on Triple J Hack with the president of the Young Liberal <laughs> National Party, which is a highlight of my life. I don't know about yeah. yours. <laughs> yes, we fell in love. Oh, having a little liberal baby. I knew it was just a phase. Yeah, um, yeah, that was interesting. Mm. Got the call. He called you, um, and I quote, uh, "The Brockle Snitch" instead of Rebecca Shaw, which yeah. is your name. Yeah. <laughs> I I actually didn't notice at the time and then because he was over the phone and then when I got mm. off the radio there was all these tweets about how he'd call me the Brockle Snitch. Yes. I like it. That and, was pretty fun. Uh, you've been recording with Will Anderson for have, his That's podcast. a bit. I recorded once. Yes. I haven't been recording with him. 
It's, Technically. It's pretty impressive. Went to his hotel room, which is pretty oh. sexy. Mm, yeah. Um, yes. Sat on his bed. You no, braided each other's hair. <laughs> it was great. Um, yes. So, he's very nice. I don't very mean, tall. I don't mean to make you jealous, Beck. Hmm. But uh, I also went on another podcast while you were away. How dare you. And, um, look, it was pretty tough. It was uh, WTF with Mark Maron. <laughs> and... Uh, Look, I th- look, I think we have a clip. Roll the clip. You're also a very aware of the fact that you didn't want to be only gay. In the sense that, like, a lot of times what happens is, like, well, that he's just, like, it's that forefront thing. Is that you wanted to be who you are. That, that, that I think one of your struggles was that you didn't want that to overshadow the, 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 the soul of you. What are you even fucking talking about? You know what, this... Garage is quite frankly disgusting. You know what? I'm actually I'm actually gonna go. Um, sorry, I just. Oh my god, the doors are locked. So there you go. Amazing. Um, yeah. Look, got a bit dicey towards the end. Yeah. Uh, but did he throw one of his cats at you? <laughs> <laughs> I wish. Ran off with it. So many people have thrown their cat at me, mate. I oh, <laughs> get god. a lot of offers. Um, we have started watching a few reality shows, RuPaul's Drag Race, because it is, uh, you know, you're obligated to. We have been watching a much uh, gayer show, in my opinion, yep. which is uh, Real Housewives of Melbourne, which yes. I got you on to. Um, and mm-hmm. I was actually brought on to it by Ryan Houlihan, who uh, produces the How Was Your Week podcast. Mm-hmm. And it is really quite good and I'm he's american so i don't know what yeah. the fuck he's doing i think he likes well people who love the real house will watch franchise will watch them from have you countries. ever watched because i watched the new york because i like reality tv but i yes. never really got into the housewives can i just say once when i was around here and i walked through the door you said don't look over here and you're watching um what was it called uh i want to say seven brides for seven <laughs> brothers but that's not what it's called <laughs> Can you four weddings? That's yes, right. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I Your do. secret shame. You're like um, Homer eating those flowers in the <laughs> toilet that episode. I just lo- I do- I just like watching four weddings because it's um I just think it's abhorrent and I hate everyone on it so I like to watch it and feel superior. Um but yes, been tuning in to Real Housewives of Melbourne. Who is your favourite in Real Housewives of Melbourne? Um, if you say anyone but Gina, I'm going to throw you out of this Reba party. Well, I personally, as if I'm judging them based on who is the best person, like an actual yes. human, I think Chica and Janet are the nicest actual humans. Sure. Whereas Gina is an excellent character. And a powerful woman. Powerful what woman. do you have against powerful women? Let's get into it. Hopefully myself. Um, and People I, are leaving this party and I, in droves. I also think Jackie is very important to the show because she's like the um, black sheep. I do love Jackie. <laughs> I think Jackie's amazing. <laughs> Jackie is a uh, psyche. She can read like your past. She's from Newcastle. You know your um, uncle? <laughs> yeah. Did he die? Was his name Jack, Ben, Dave? <laughs> One of them. Matthew? Start with S. Yeah. Start no, with S, S is S, his with middle K. name. <laughs> yeah. Um, she's from Newcastle and married to the Ben from Silverchair. That's right. Who, who she calls uh, rock royalty. Yes. Not so sure about that. Maybe uh, Daniel from Silverchair. Yeah. Maybe. Probably not. Yeah. But Ben is pushing it. And he's so short. 
And she thinks he looks like Johnny Depp. And he doesn't. He does like not Johnny look Depp. like Johnny yeah. Depp at Something all. Something happened to Johnny Depp. It was terrible. <laughs> it was a terrible accident. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think she's good value. And I think she's the reason why um, I've heard the word cunt yeah. <laughs> on Real I've Housewives. I've never seen cunt on Real Housewives before. I've well, not, no. never heard cunt. I've certainly seen some. <laughs> um <laughs> Do you think it's the only Real Housewives in the whole word, world where they've said the C word? You know what, probably. Yeah, I think so. Becca, do you think there should be a Real Housewives of Toowoomba, which is where you grew up? Mm-hmm. Are you saying that my mum wasn't a Real Housewife of Toowoomba? Was she? No. <laughs> does she get around? What shops does she go to that they could follow um, her to? Well, Real Housewives of Toowoomba would be, they would shop at Maya. Yes. <laughs> Uh, come home, they're like, I like to get a nice meal for my husband and children. And they go through the drive-thru at Big Rooster. I imagine the Big Rooster. Rooster. Super How Rooster, dare you? sorry. You'd get to eat at Super Rooster every night if you were a real <laughs> if housewife. If you were rich, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> no, there is a rest- uh, one fancy restaurant in Toowoomba oh. called Weiss's. I've been there. Have you? It's a buffet-style yeah, restaurant, can I just tell people? It's a buffet and it's the fanciest <laughs> one in Toowoomba. It's a very fancy buffet. you got Sizzler Buffet and then you've got Sizzler is packed out. Yeah, twenty four because it's yeah cheap. Yeah, compared to I call it Weeses. It probably is. I don't know. It's confusing because the Weese yeah is Weiss ice cream. cream is also the factories in Toowoomba. Can I tell you though that um I used to work with a group of older women at a news agency in St George, and they would go to Weeses like every three months, and they would like starve themselves for the entire week because <laughs> Beck and I quote. Got to get your fucking money's worth. You do. Which you do. It's That's true. hard to argue with. That's why if you go to any buffet, old people will be piling a plate with, it'll be just Until prawns, they make themselves sick. But it'll just I be all prawns. Yeah. That's right. Well, that's the thing. You've got to get like value. The most expensive thing and You've get a plate crab full. on top of lobster yeah. on top of prawns. <laughs> yeah. On a bed of prawns. Back Real Housewives of St. George though. Yeah. What would that be? Um, well, I think, you know what? It would actually, I, I've spoken about this before because I think there's a lot of very posh people who lives on live on the outskirts of St. George. Right. And they all like it would be all Anglican church like bake sales and, and people come in. Catherine, have you sent Tommy to rugby? Where did he go? Did he go to Fairhome? Oh that's a girls' school. Sorry. <laughs> Where do they Where summer? Are you? Sorry, we're summer. We're summer at Noosa. <laughs> you joking? Of course we're summer there. Where else are you gonna summer? Everything's so like a question. <laughs> And everyone's named Libby. Libby? <laughs> How many like, C-bombs do If you, if you think of Prue and True from uh, uh, yeah. uh, Kath and Kim, yep. that's pretty much what that's they're like excellent. without the aprons. Um, I, we had a, I was once working as a cleaner in a food oh, court. Oh, gosh. Another the glamorous life. I'm sorry. Jesus. <laughs> Real Housewives of Toowoomba. <laughs> and um, there was a shop that sold crepes and there was two older oh. ladies who I think they were speaking like that and I called them Prue and True. But they were like, um, can I get one of the savoury craps? <laughs> and she's like, um, Julie, do you want one of the craps? <laughs> I, there's nothing that delights me more when like a super posh person pronounces something wrong. And they always say it over and over again. Yeah, but they would convince you that they write, oh no, we've been to Paris. It's definitely crap. <laughs> it's definitely crap. Beck, I've had enough of this shit. Let's yeah. do something we haven't done for a little while. Let's have News Minute. This is News Minute. I'm Rebecca Shaw. An 18-year-old from Norway has made news by posting a photo of his tattoo, which is a full receipt from a meal at McDonald's. 
This is very smart because when he is 30, he'll never forget where he works. Gwyneth Paltrow this week called her separation from musician Chris Martin a conscious uncoupling, all but confirming the pair split due to her extramarital affair with a thesaurus. Philosopher Elaine de Botton has described the city of Brisbane as being aesthetically ugly. That's really unfair, Elaine. It's not just aesthetically. The North Korean regime is reportedly forcing male university students to cut their hair in the style of leader Kim Jong-un. Kim Jong-un said, Hey, don't blame me. I asked for the Rachel. Nearly one million jars of perfectly good peanut butter are being dumped at the Curry County landfill in New Mexico after being rejected by super company Costco. So if you need me, I'll be at my new home, the Curry County landfill in New Mexico. And now here's Peter with sport. Well, Tiger Woods says he's still no closer to deciding whether he will compete in the Masters as he battles back pain. Woods insists his back problem is a sports injury in the same way I once got pubic lice from too much table tennis. Football great Harry Kuehl has announced he will retire at the end of this A-League season to concentrate on his, quote, junior academy, whatever that is, possibly Vampire Academy, the academy for hot teenage vampires. Cool story, bro, said the vampires. The NRL season is back, according to the loudest, worst-dressed people on my train. For all of those out to dominate their office pool, here are my footy tips. Dragons by four, storms by six, steps by five, six, seven, eight, wear a light coat, and always carry a small bag of almonds in your handbag for snacking. And that's sport. Beck, we're back. God, that felt good, didn't it? Stretching that muscle again. What muscle? <laughs> oh, God, I was talking about something I was doing in the bathroom. Um, <clears throat> I've got tequila now, so I've that's got good. Wine. Yeah. White wine. White wine. Something big happened uh, this week, Beck. The something same thing concerning. that you were stretching before. I was. Well, yeah. <laughs> look, I'm. That's been more than generous. <laughs> um, Beck, this week in federal parliament, somebody else stretched their dick and his name was George Brandis, <laughs> uh, the attorney general. Uh, George Brandis, uh, who would, how would you describe him? Um, he is a terrible person. Mm-hmm. He's like um, our Dick Cheney. He looks exactly yes. like Dick Cheney. Yeah, he's like a war criminal is yeah. what we're trying to say. Um, but George Brandis this week decided to do a, a bit of a favour for his buddy because that's what it really is uh, when we go down to the brass tacks to use a phrase that I've only ever heard fifty plus and I people don't know use. what it means. Don't know, really, not not really. Um, but to get down to brass tacks, he really did. Uh, he was sticking up for his friends, favours for the boys because uh, a couple of years ago now, I think it was. Um, uh, there was a lawsuit uh, where people sued uh, Andrew Bolt under the Racial Discrimination Act. Andrew Bolt is a columnist, or a writer? Oh, are you you're slurring your speech already? You've had one zip of that. You know. Andrew Bolt, a columnist. Basically, he spoke about a bunch of academics and said, uh, you know, all of these people are lighter-skinned Aboriginals, and therefore, I think his basic idea was if you have uh, one parent who's of Aboriginal descent. And one parent who's like white, yeah, uh, Scottish, Irish descent, whatever. Mm-hmm. Then you know, surely you should just claim to be white. Like, yeah. why would you possibly choose to claim to be Aboriginal other than for the financial benefit? And he did claim that they all chose it, like in 
Yes. Or he claimed they chose it in recent years as well. Like they didn't yes. actually identify as Aboriginal. Which they is, were just using it. And like, I mean, Marsha Langton was made to apologise and Q&A was made to apologise for calling Andrew Bolt a racist the other day. Andrew Bolt is a disgusting, hideous racist. Uh, we'll be apologising <laughs> next week in the next episode. But it's so dumb because he's like pushing this point. Well, that's the most racist point ever. It's like, and he got- why would you possibly choose? Why would you possibly choose to identify as Aboriginal when you can choose to be white? Yeah. As in, one is much better <laughs> to identify as the other. Yeah. So basically, George Brandis, uh, one of the top priorities. This, remember, we're still within like the first six months. Mm. Of this They've government. gone. Bring back knights and dames. Bring back knights and dames. Number one. <laughs> yeah. Tick. Tick. Done. Yeah. Repeal. Repeal this uh, section in the Racial Discrimination yeah. Act or change it and alter it so that nobody such as my friend Andrew Bolt yeah. can, can get ever, in trouble again. You know, it's in the news again today, uh, March 28, Reba McIntyre's birthday. <laughs> uh, bit of context. Yeah. Uh, Waleed Ali wrote a piece, I think, in the Sydney Morning Herald today across Fairfax Network. Um, and... The piece he wrote is called George Brandis's Racial Discrimination Act Changes Create the Whitest Piece of Proposed Legislation I've Encountered. Uh, and he kind of goes on to say that something that's been ignored in this whole debate about uh, changing and altering the Racial Discrimination Act is that uh, in the section he talks about... So I'm just going to read a bit of his article, actually. He says, uh, Subsection 3, mostly ignored to this point, is perhaps the most subtly revealing... Earlier subsections make it unlawful to do something that is reasonably likely to vilify or intimidate someone on the basis of race. But reasonably likely according to whom? Who gets to decide whether something is intimidating or vilifying? Subsection 3 provides the answer. Whether something is reasonably likely to vilify is to be determined by the standards of an ordinary, reasonable member of the Australian community. It begins, fair enough, but then it adds in the most pointed way, not by the standards of any particular group within the Australian community. That's code. It means not by the standard of whatever racial minority is being vilified. Not the ordinary reasonable wog, gook, or sand n-word, which I'm still not comfortable no. with saying. Sorry, guys, I'm not Michael Fassbender <laughs> and 12 years a slave. I have a limit. Um, although I was willing to say wog and gook, though. That's interesting. <laughs> Revealing about myself, isn't it? Um, the ordinary reasonable Australian and what race is this hypothetical, ordinary, reasonable member of the Australian community meant to be exactly? So mm. basically, white people are allowed to decide who it's can be vilified. Exactly. Yeah. It's it's the people in the positions of power mm-hmm. and with the most privilege then yes. get to decide if they're being bad or not. That's right. <laughs> which is exactly what it boils down to, which is crazy. <sighs> I do think it's time for a new segment on this show. And I'm not going to say it's a weekly segment or a okay. fortnightly segment or however often we record this Is it about now. how I should Maybe marry... Maybe biannually. <laughs> is it how I should marry Waleed Ali? You can't even talk about it. I'm going to marry some lush... It's drunk on tequila. <laughs> um, it's our first show back. I'm celebrating. It is. We're celebrating <laughs> seeing each other yes, again sitting across finally. the table. We are going to participate in a new segment now called Let's Racially Vilify George Brandis. Okay, let's start it up. Yeah. Mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. <laughs> what? 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 Okay, white, yeah. White. Okay, let's Are you start. DJ Spinderella? I'm DJ Spinderella. <laughs> okay, George Brandis is so white. How white is he? George Brandis is so white, he's been offered three different time slots on 2GB. <laughs> George Brandis is so white. How white is he? George Brandis is so white that Andrew Bolt lets him sit in the front seat. <laughs> 
Wow. George Brandis is so white. How white is he? George Brandis is so white, he once shoplifted a cherry ripe and got off by telling police he founded the cherry ripe. Yeah. George Brandis is so white. How white is he? George Brandis is so white that he thought girls was too diverse. (laughs) George Brandis is so white. How white is he? George Brandis is so white, every time he goes to a Chinese restaurant, he has to quietly ask for a fork. I do that. (laughs) George Brandis is so white. How white is he? George Brandis is so white that he won't listen to This American Life because it's too urban. (laughs) George Brandis is so white. How white is he? George Brandis is so white, he saw Mamma Mia at the cinema with me. (laughs) George Brandis is so white. How white is he? George Brandis is so white that he's been to 10 Michael Bublé concerts. I've been to a Michael Bublé concert. George Brandis is so white. How white is he? George Brandis is so white, he wears a Native American headdress to Splendor every year. And it's not racist because it's just not okay. Shut up about it. George Brandis is so white. How white is he? George Brandis is so white that he's a member of the Liberal Party. (laughs) There goes our Liberal Party sponsorship. George Brandis is so white. How white is he? George Brandis is so white, he's unconsciously received every possible advantage in his professional life because of Australian society's inbuilt prejudice. Burn! Uh, Burn uh, on you, George Brandis. Take it, take it. Rebecca, yes, we've been waiting a long time for oh what's God. about to happen next. I've unzipped my fly. Um, that's, I'm joking, I'm joking. We can do that at the end of the episode. Um, Beck, oh my God. we mentioned in our very, very first podcast preview, which I think was back in last June or July. It feels like forever, feels like ago, forever ago. But also yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> We talked about a book that was coming out, hotly anticipated. Mm-hmm. The book has come out. We have read it. We mm. have devoured it. We have we put it on Reddit. We put it on Reddit. <laughs> we have underlined our favourite parts, and we're about to speak about it now. It is, of course, Melissa explains it all. Oh. Tales from my abnormally normal life by Melissa Joan Hart. Oh my god! How excited were you when I did confirm to you that I had ordered this from? Uh, book depository. I was really excited. How, how shocked were you when you found out that it was in hardcover? <laughs> I was very shocked. <laughs> the amount of books that don't get released in hardcover, but hers It's does, a very important piece of literature. It does. It's like if you unwrap like the like dust jacket yeah. and put it on your shelf, people, people would be like, would what think, is that? Ooh, is that the satanic verses? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. Yeah. In a way. <laughs> Basically. Um, <laughs> Oh, my God. I was excited to read this. Can I just say that um, I think we have tweeted this out, the back cover of this book. But um, for those who don't follow us, Fuck off. nobody. But uh, the back cover has a few choice quotes from uh, <laughs> Melissa, fans and friends. Actually, mm. it says, um, celebs speak out about Melissa explains it all. Uh, it makes it sound like they're doing a Woody Allen thing and they're like, yeah, <laughs> speaking yeah, out, right. against speaking out against it. <laughs> Team Dylan. Um, the the one I do want to read, though, it's is uh, from Gary Marshall, uh, who mm. I don't know how he knows Melissa, because in the book she doesn't clearly state that she's worked with him. Um, and I do want to show off my impression of Paul F. Tompkins' impression of <laughs> Gary Marshall. And cool. uh, Gary says, From the moment I met Melissa, she charmed me instantly. 
Melissa's delightful, witty, frank, and thoughtful book shows a side of her we've never seen before. Pretty good. That was pretty good. Yeah, thank you. No, that was excellent. Fill in uh, for Paul if he's ever sick or Paul accidentally left. gets poisoned. Um, um, well, Gary Marshall definitely didn't read this book. He didn't read it. No, there's no possible way on it. Shall we launch it. straight into it? Uh, do you know I thought I would have so many notes, but I just don't. <laughs> I just don't. It was it was a hard slog. It wasn't an easy read. I thought that it would be the opposite of boring, but it is just very. Well, they made it seem very exciting, like when they were leaking little bits of it, like out to the. It media, was like, like a preview where they put everything that exciting. Was interesting. Yeah, it was and like it even wasn't trailer. that interesting. <laughs> no, it was like I took ecstasy at the Playboy Mansion. Yeah. Okay, and then the next morning I had a Maxim shoot where she almost fell asleep. <laughs> Okay, Which is well, really relatable. This, I like the tale because it's relatable. This part of the book, let's just go straight in. It'll mm. jump all over the place. Yes. Because she did a Maxim shoot that was a bit raunchy and she yes. got into trouble for it. Yeah. So her explanation in the book is that she did ecstasy and then she went in a limo and made out with a, a girl, girl of indeterminable race. Oh, which she said, I don't know if she was Asian, Latino, or, and I'm, and it had nothing to do with anything. Or a mix me up. Yeah. She, said. <laughs> she didn't say no, that. She, but there's certain points where she points out people's race. Like mm-hmm. she calls, she calls Mario Lopez, like she says, his silky Latin tongue. And like she points out their race yeah. really weirdly. Well, um, she's not going to get in trouble in Australia anymore. No. <laughs> no. Um, but yeah, so her excuse is she was coming down from ecstasy still the next day. Mm-hmm. And that's why she kind of got talked into being doing sexy shoots, which is total bullshit. And um, I kind of did, starting off in this book, I did feel a little bit sorry for her because she does talk about how, as a child, she acted to kind of contribute to the family's finances. Yeah. Basically, her mother is a monster. Her mother is a monster. Can I cut to my favourite bit about her mother? Um, quite early into her career, she went and did, I think, a TV movie with... Um, as she calls her Hollywood wild child, Drew Barrymore. <laughs> now, this was probably still in, you know, the wild phase of Drew. She was probably, I don't know, 10. Yeah. <laughs> um, she was still doing cocaine. Yeah. She says, um, though I was only nine at the time, Drew was 10 and still in her contentious wild child dope smoking stage. She was an intrepid little girl with an audacious personality who'd yet to grow into the sweetheart we all love now. Now, this is kind of setting out for like all the shit that she's going to heap on Drew. Basically, her mother, her mother had a go at Drew because Drew had organized for them all to go out and see like a 9 p.m. screening of a film. Yeah. Uh, and Melissa Joan Hart's mum did not think that was appropriate. No. And she spoke up and said, my daughter has to learn her lines and then get to bed at a reasonable hour. So she'll need to see the 7 p.m. show. What a bitch, yelled the star of our movie. <laughs> Once the mum was out of sight. So, Drew Barrymore deserves some kind of... But but let's be clear, from every other... What are they called? The Victoria Cross? Is that only awarded in war times? (laughs) Every other story about Melissa Joan Hart's mother indicates that she deserves that and more. Well, very much so. I think one of the most alarming uh, little anecdotes in this book is the time she worked with William Hurt, Bill Hurt, mm-hmm. uh, on a play, with which also starred Callista Flocker. This is the most random <laughs> cast play. Uh, I do not believe that it was ever <laughs> staged. No. I refuse to believe it. But um, basically she said Bill Hurt was going through this really difficult time. He was going through quite a high-profile custody battle. But um, that doesn't stop her from just thinking he's the worst person in the world. And he really does nothing to deserve that tag. <laughs> 
Her problem with him is that he writes her a note. Well, before that, her problem was with him is that um he uses too big a word. Yeah, that was but in the note he uses a long word. I can't remember what it was. And she's like he must think I'm a member of Mensa and my mother said something to him about he should use more appropriate language around her. Yeah. He shot back that if I wanted to be around adults, I needed to learn to talk like one and that was the end of that. Okay. <laughs> This is the note, by the way, that uh, Bill Hurt, at the end of their Broadway run, wrote to Melissa. And Melissa was quite shocked to receive it because she thought he was such a grump. Uh, it reads, Dear Melissa, it's been swell, swell, swell working beside you. Like. Once again, nothing so far that is too difficult to <laughs> read. Um, you have an angel in you, not just pretty, but also strong and wise. I see she will also be there for you when you need her. May happiness and... Serenity, visit your days abundantly. That's abundantly, I think. Yeah, abundantly confused her. Yeah. But she did say, uh, of course, the note was also his idea of a wrap gift, while the rest of us handed out thoughtful jewellery and candles. So any points he gained for benevolence were kind of lost for being cheap or forgetful. So, obviously, uh, a thoughtful present is jewellery or candles, whereas a handwritten note... (laughs) Saying how lovely you are. It's basically like a gift card. But that's what happens with Ryan Reynolds. I know. Who she isn't interested in until he gives her a piece of jewellery. And then they make out. And then they make out. Or more. Do they do more than that? I think they do. I think she... They fool around. And meanwhile, she had a boyfriend. Yeah. But you wouldn't know that she had cheated on several of her boyfriends (laughs) by the way she talks about other women who might have... Slept oh, with her boyfriends. Melissa Joan Hart is a slut shamer. Yes. 100%. If I see her at the slut walk this year. <laughs> You're going to be outraged. You're going to be, go crazy. Um, One of my favorite examples is that her boyfriend, Mike, went to college to live in a co-ed dorm. Um, and she showed up... Um, I visited his room and was sitting on his bed taking in the sights and smells of a guy's dorm, basically filth, beer and sex. When a girl busted in wearing nothing but a towel and asking for Advil, right away I knew something was up with this chick if an entire dorm of PMSing female students didn't have a single pill to spare and she came to my boyfriend's room half naked like a whorish damsel in distress. (laughs) Tell Tell us what you really think, Melissa. I've had a sixth sense for bitches since I was young. Jesus Christ. There's so much of that. She calls them tramps. She calls them slutty. It's just the entire thing. And meanwhile, she was cheating with Ryan Reynolds. Well, let's talk about her sexual awakening because it really didn't come until after her first period, which, by the way, is discussed on page 69. Oh, (laughs) is it? Uh Uh-huh. That's a coincidence. So everyone turn to page 69 of your books. This is book club. Um, she says, during Clarissa, I work six days a week with scheduled days off. And one of the few Saturdays I had free, one of the grips invited me and the babe, which is her name for her babysitter, to go jet skiing on a nearby lake. I got such a rush pushing the machine to its limit that I repeatedly (laughs) raced through the water until I was thrown off. Then I climbed back on before I let imaginary water moccasins or alligators get hold of me. When we got home from the lake, I noticed when I changed out of my bikini Uh. that I had my first red spot special, as I like to call it. (laughs) 
This is actually my favourite bit about her period. She says, um, this is Elizabeth Hess who plays her mother on Clarissa Explains It All, her very first sitcom. She says, Elizabeth Hess was so happy Aunt Flo visited that she gave me an African bead necklace. (laughs) She said, celebrated a female's woman. (laughs) That's a traditional African... um, thing that you get when a when you're on a when, set of a television show and when a jet ski breaks your hymen <laughs> so she te- so technically i should say she lost her virginity to that jet ski but she did actually lose her virginity to her but boyfriend a, mike as she mentioned she's a before. sexy lady she's so a when sexy lady. when um she ended up getting every time she had an event she would get her her wardrobe staff to dress her including losing her virginity yeah, because bill hurt was cheap yeah, yeah. <laughs> um but her and Mike, very fun. They were like fun. they had pages. Yes, and um, for instance, they would put zero seven seven three four for hello. Like, isn't that just that the is most darling? Is how I would describe it. And or we typed sixty nine as a dirty way of saying, "Hey, I'm thinking of you." If you know what I mean. Is this before or after that she lost her virginity to Mike? Because I do want to read the page, which doesn't fall on like a comically numbered page like 69. It's on page 91, which I guess is somebody turned away from somebody lying straight. Ever can talk about? <laughs> I don't know. Um, she says, I was in love for the first time in my life, so I decided it was time to lose my virginity to Mike. Six months had passed. Such a long time, I think. <laughs> which Not sarcastic. Which was the amount of time I'd promised myself I'd wait before having sex with someone I dated. I carefully planned this night to be perfect. Mike's birthday happened to fall on the same day as the Young Artist Awards ceremony in Los Angeles, so a lot of special moments would be happening at once. My mum and her new boyfriend, Leslie... Mm. It's a red flag for me, that name. Um, My mum and her boyfriend, Leslie, got us our own suite at the hotel. They probably thought that we were already doing it. For the ceremony, my Clarissa stylist helped me pick out a Betsy Johnson strapless lace baby doll dress and thigh-high boots. Oh, my God. For extra oomph, I wore a Victoria's Secret corset underneath. It not only looked sexy, when I won the award, the first of three for Clarissa, (laughs) but it turned Mike on too. I packed a Victoria's Secret teddy for what would come later. It was a happy birthday for Mike, and our night unfolded just as I'd hoped. Stop this. That's all I will say, though. I rarely knock go-go boots and tell, (laughs) unless I'm five gin and tonics deep. Oh, my God. I feel sick. I do feel sick now. Do you know I have – I marked – I made a little acronym – Called. It was M2C. Yes. Which is where she's mean to celebrities. Oh, okay. That happens a lot in this. And there was literally 40 pages (laughs) of this. Just her being awful about other celebrities. Can you please read out some of the highlights of MTCs? Um, Yes, I can. Um, There was a moment when she worked with the. Culkin brothers. Oh yes. Oh no, she they were her classmates. Sorry. Oh yes, uh, at the professional children's school. Yes. Yes. PCS. Um and she talked 
talks about how Macaulay Culkin was most popular since it was well known that he was a mega million dollar movie star. And he and was friends with Michael Jackson. Yes. Mm-hmm. His brother Shane was in my grade and became a good friend for a minute, but Mac and his brother Kieran were wild, arrogant boys who seemed mm. spoiled by too much attention from fans. They got away with wearing two different colour shoes at the same time. Those <laughs> what a <laughs> they just sound horrible. Let's talk to James Vanderbeek, and he watched oh. it because he was a big star at the time. My sister was very much in love with James Vanderbeek. Well, it talks about how he became. Well, she had to have a first kiss as Clarissa in the show. Yes, and she, they said that she could have some kind of control over it, even yeah. though she was what twelve years old. Yeah, um, she got to choose who she kissed. Yes. And even though I think she rallied against James Vanderbeek receiving that role. Because, I don't know why, but she just says... She I says she doesn't find him attractive. Yeah, she says, I know people find him attractive. No, I but, know people find him dreamy, yeah, is what she says. But not her. I just don't get it. But it seems like a weird thing to be mean to him about, just because no. she doesn't find him and attractive. And she kisses him, and she's like, he's like, my girlfriend will be mad that we're doing this, even though it's like a fucking acting... Anyway, yeah. uh, and she's like, well, my boyfriend won't be happy either. <laughs> and oh, then um, awful. she calls him James Vanderblah. Yes. The worst part of this book. Yes. Because her mother goes on to gay clubs and goes to cruises uh-huh, and things uh-huh. like this yeah. and meets gay men that come and live with them. And Or as Melissa calls no, them. No, this is the worst part. <laughs> yeah. She calls them her gay uncles. Mm, or. But they get shortened. Or. To gunkles. Correct, yeah, gunkles. Which is the worst... Very flattering. ...worst word I have ever heard. And she persists with using it. At the end of the weekend, I could smell my pillowcase and tell which gunkle had slept (laughs) in my bed after a night of club hop. This is basically her talking about sniffing older gay men's semen (laughs) on her pillowcase. Let's not mince words, okay? And she could differentiate between them. Yeah, she could differentiate between them. Melissa Joan Hart has admitted <laughs> that she can tell gay men by the smell of their semen. They're gunk. They're gunkles. They're gunkles gunk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh. Is it time to play a game? Yes, yeah, it's I'm always gonna time. I'm going to test your knowledge. Oh, shit. I'm, I really am. Um, Did you ever watch Clarissa and Sabrina? I watched both of them. Okay. I was probably a fan when I was a kid. Um, a friend of mine, Rian, mm-hmm. um, who is young, had never heard of Clarissa Explains at all. Oh, Isn't that disgusting? That makes me sick. How young is this Rian? She's like 21 or something. That's too young. Do your history homework. Do your history. <laughs> Do your history. Are they I'm going to give days. her this book Jesus and make Christ. her read every sentence. You absolutely should. Let's play a game, Beck. Yes. If you're ready for a game. Um, now... This is a quote-based game, okay. so you've got to be able to recognise the Melissa Joan Hart quotes, um, uh-huh. and I've taken quotes from uh, Melissa Explains It All, Tales of My Abnormally Normal Life. Right. I've also taken quotes from Malala Yousafzai's book, I Am Malala, uh, The Girl Who Stood Up for Education and Was Shot by the Taliban. Now, so I've got both books. Which uh, one was more exciting? Well, here's the thing. I'm going to read out a quote okay. and you have to tell me if it is Melissa or Malala. This is where we'd put a, uh, yeah. a theme song if we had uh, anyone who knew anything about yeah. computers. <laughs> um, here's your first quote. For as long as I can remember, my mother has talked to birds. At the back of the house was a veranda where the women gathered. 
We knew what it was like to be hungry, so my mother always cooked extra and gave food to poor families. Hmm. Mm. Well, I know <laughs> Melissa Jones' heart mother loves to give, uh-huh. but I think it might be Malala. That's right. It was oh, Malala. My god. Oh, my God. Okay. I think Melissa Jones' heart's mother talks to birds as well. Though. What about this one? Mm. My sister's friends and I played a lot of MASH, a game that's meant to predict the home, spouse, number of kids, and car you'll have as an adult. This is how I learned about luxury cars like BMWs, Mercedes, Jaguars, and Porsches, all of which made my MASH list, and as an adult, turned out to be the order in which I owned each one. Melissa or Malala? Hmm. Well, I think the Taliban are known for luxury cars. Uh-huh, yeah. So... No, but I think that's Melissa. That's Melissa. Oh, oh, you're so good at this. I know. What about this one? We like to be known as the clever girls. When we decorated our hands with henna for holidays and weddings, we drew calculus and chemical formulae instead of flowers and butterflies. <laughs> <sighs> that's a toughie. She did like a tattoo, Melissa, can I just say to you? She, she got a, uh, a, what was it, a cross tattoo on the back of her neck. Hmm. Yes. Um, she did like tattoos, and we know she is very clever because she, as she's a member of Mensa, I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. But that's Malala. It's it is Malala. Yeah. Okay. Now this one's going to stump you. This one's going to stump okay. you. Okay. I've never snorted or shot anything into my body, and the one time I was offered coke, which happened to be by Paris Hilton, I turned it down. She asked to bum a Parliament light. And as she dipped the recess filter into a baggie, asked if I wanted some. It pissed me off that she wasted my cigarette for that. Melissa or Malala? I... (laughs) Well, Paris Hilton did do all that Mm -hmm. work in Afghanistan. Yes. So... (laughs) But I still think... I still think it's Melissa Jones. Oh, it's Melissa. Oh, oh, I just know gosh. her so well. You're heading for it's a perfect score. Her autobiography is written so well that I just feel like I know her. Yeah. Okay, what about this one? Yeah. I reassured my mother that it didn't matter to me if my face was not symmetrical. Me, who had always cared about my appearance, how my hair looked. But when you see death, things change. It doesn't matter if I can't smile or blink properly, I told her. I'm still me, Malala. The important thing is God has given me life. That's actually a tough one because Melissa Joan Hart doesn't have a symmetrical face. (laughs) And you say she's mean to celebrities. This is an MTC. I'm really mean to M to M. Melissa to mean to Melissa. Mean to Melissa. Um, I think that's her Malala. Yes, it's Malala. I don't know what gave it away. What about this one? The how much is enough issue confused me on and around the eyes. Then one day I had an idea. Maybe I could avoid shadows and liners if I learnt to perfect my lashes. A lot of people think they're the finishing touch to the face, but I have nice eyes. Or, as Bill Murray's brother Andy said, (laughs) eyes second only to Elizabeth Taylor. (laughs) That right there... Is classic Melissa Joan Hart. Correct. Gosh, the, Rebecca. The only thing missing was that she, he wanted to sleep with her. Your prize is my copy of Melissa oh, Explains I don't want It All. It. Well, congratulations. We're going to have a bonfire. <laughs> Let's go That's burn this shit. Yeah. Oh, my God.
That was exhausting. I honestly... I'm so tired now. That's one of the worst books I've ever had the pleasure of reading. It's getting late. We're still at Reba's party. Of course she isn't fucking here. She's never never fucking here. She's not fucking here. Um, But we did both watch a new movie this week. A new movie? It's a new movie. It came out. It came out in 1996. (laughs) And we both have seen it many times. Yes. It is called Scream. Oh, that was so pathetic. <laughs> That's Why would you cast an SVU, by the way? <laughs> Why was it uh, Melissa Joan Hart? What? If you, You're so good at acting. I don't understand. <laughs> like, that scream was so authentic. Yeah, well, I'm just... I just think it'd be funny to have a scary movie when everyone can't scream really loud. So, they're like... <laughs> like that. Mm, anyway. Would be funny. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Should have some more tequila. Did you see... You would have been... How old were you when Scream well, came out? I was like I was seven four. years old. Oh my god! Um, but can I say I held off on watching Scream for such a long time? Why? Because I was terrified oh, of it. I you're didn't a wuss. see Scream. Tony Abbott would call you a wuss. He absolutely would call me a wuss because yeah. wuss is the word that you use if you when can't, you can't use say porf. faggot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but I was wuss because I didn't want to watch it. For the longest time, because the mask, which I realise you have just over we there, we do by have the way, one of those. Yep, um, terrified me right for a very, very long time. Yeah, and I refused to watch the movie, but I refused <laughs> to admit to friends that I wouldn't watch the movie because I was scared. Yeah, I instead told them, you know that like that movie is like so violent, and that it led to like so many copycat murders, like three different copycat murders, and you know how like. Spoiler alert, the end, that there's, like, two killers. You know that, like, there were two killers for Columbine and they were probably inspired by, like, a scream as well. So, like, you guys can, like, watch that movie if you want. But I'm just saying that, like, if you watch that movie, you might be, like, inspired by it and, like, kill someone. So, yeah, I'm just going to watch, like, Stay Home and, like, watch West Side Story again. (laughs) So, that was basically it. Um but did West Side Story inspire you to do click dancing? It did inspire me to uh, fall in love and then commit suicide. Yeah, so that's, uh, not, so that's yeah. not good either. No. Well, yes. I saw Scream. Yes. Well, I was too young to see it at the cinema, Oh, of you were not too young. Yes, You're it like was. 40 when you saw it. <laughs> I did end up seeing it at the cinema. They had a movie marathon where they played in Toowoomba. The movie, movie marathon you was saw was huge. part of a movie marathon. Toowoomba didn't have much, but it had movie marathons. I can't think of anything worse than going to a movie marathon and everyone like bringing their dirty pillows, yeah, their lice infested pillows. You mean their boobs, their dirty pillows. Yeah, their dirty pillows. <laughs> tried. I've been watching a lot of Carrie. Um, and they also played... their gross swags and like their bloody dunas that they fart into. Oh, gross. Geez, it's so much fun. It sounds so gross. Anyway, we saw this and we saw, um, I know what you did last summer. That was out of the time. Header. It was great. Um I love this movie. I've seen it so many times. I've seen all the sequels. Uh, Maria Lewis, who's a great podcaster and writer, um, 
gave this movie a five stars. In a, a, so a she should. Review. I don't know. That I just agree with Maria. Watching it again, that's a five star movie. I think it's probably, for me, it's like a four star How movie. How dare you? But I really do like it. And I do understand why some people would think it's a classic. But you are watching it now in hindsight. You're and also, watching it at um, the time. full disclosure, I am still very scared of it. So, <laughs> But considering how much of an impact it had and absolutely, like how the nature of it and how meta it was, like it was amazing. It was great. The bit, the bit where Jamie Kennedy is watching Halloween <laughs> and saying, Jamie, turn around, Jamie, yes, and then the killer's behind good. him. That is so good. It's really funny. The interesting thing about this is like Scream was written by the same writer who wrote I know what you did last summer, which we have talked about on this show, and it is a pile of shit. <laughs> so I don't it's understand how good. you can write something as clever and as funny and as like lots of in jokes like scream, and then go and write something quite serious and. Bad. I think he used up all his jokes on yeah. scream, and then was like, "No, I'll just do something like that, but not good." But I remember seeing this, and everyone was so shocked that Drew Barrymore dies well, the at thing. the start, which I thought was very. It was very rough. shocking, and it also borrows from that. Tradition of like that Hitchcock tradition where he hired um, yeah. Janet Lee in Psycho, who was yeah. a really big star at the time, and then everyone was shocked that she was killed mm. off within like the first half an hour. Yeah, and so Wes Craven really decided to do that with another quite famous. Well, they actress. seem they they seem to make out like Drew was going to be Sydney, and she was like, "No, it'd be yeah. way better if I play this." Starting character and get killed off because nobody will suspect because yeah. I'm super famous. Yeah. Um. The wor- the worst bit of trivia I uh, heard about mm-hmm. this opening iconic scene where Drew Barrymore's at her house alone. She gets a phone call, but to keep Drew Barrymore scared and crying in that opening oh, yeah. iconic scene, Wes Craven kept telling her real life stories about animal cruelty, oh. which kind of seems a little bit psychotic. That is really over the top. But that opening, that is super intense. That it whole, it's still like I was like. And the way that they, they hang her from a tree. I know. But the worst part is that she almost gets away and it happens with her and then with um Rose McGowan. Yes. Is that they almost get there and you think they're going to get away and it's just at that last second. It's I was really upset really when she's like horrifying. calling for her mum. Oh, my God. Although the ghost face killer are really... He has a voice for radio. He's got an incredible voice. And neither of the two killers sound like him at all when no, they do the machine at the absolutely end. Absolutely not. They sound nothing like him. I love the um, popcorn on the stove. Americans are weird. Use a microwave for your I don't popcorn. Understand. I've never seen that in my life. Me either. That's and something they, that does not translate. Also, yet. Americans don't use um, electric kettles. They always put kettles on the stove. If you go to America, they don't use electric kettles. Just flip a switch, guys. Was interesting electric kettle. I didn't know we we're getting into an electric kettle discussion. <laughs> well, I'm um, sorry. I should say so. The very next scene after Drew is uh, tragically uh, murdered. We see Sydney Prescott for the first time. Nev <sighs> Campbell, beautiful Nev. So Campbell. beautiful. Uh, and beautiful climbing up her window, Skeet Ulrich, who they cast because he looks like Johnny Depp. Now he looks like Johnny Depp, not <laughs> real no, housewives. Not real housewives guy. <laughs> um, Interesting thing I noticed about Sydney Prescott's room that I had not noticed before. Mm. Very large poster of the Indigo Girls now. Oh, really? Yes. I didn't notice that. Oh, really? And she doesn't want to have sex with her boyfriend. And her boyfriend looks like Clea Duval in But I'm a Cheerleader. <laughs> that is haircut. very true. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> that really did bother me, that whole... Um, <laughs> 
basically Billy Loomis is her boyfriend mm. and her mother had been raped and murdered one year before I know. and it was time for her to get over yeah, it and so fuck get him. Get over it. <laughs> he basically says that three I've or four times. Exactly. <laughs> Isn't it time you moved on from your mother being brutally raped and murdered to have sex with me, which you yeah. wouldn't have weird issues about since she was raped? Yeah. It is so that whole thing just really rubbed me the wrong way. Yeah. Um but my favorite bit of technology in any movie is when someone attacks Sydney in her house. Yes. And she can't use the phone. <laughs> so she types to 911 on her computer. And we don't have that. Technology. We don't. It really bothers me. It seems like something that could easily happen. We should be able to do it via Twitter now. You should. At 911, help. Help. Uh, a man in a mask is chasing me around my house, but I have time to stop at the computer Hashtag. and type this message. Hashtag just saying. Hashtag YOLO. Retweet or Never, fave. Yeah. RT or fave if you want to see me murdered or alive. It's very late. It's getting if so you- late. <laughs> I think they're they're all really insensitive about the fact that Sydney's mum has just been murdered. They're like, remember when your mum was murdered? <laughs> and How they all weird. make jokes. Everyone in the town is like awful. Like when the principal has killed Fonzie, yes, the kids are like, oh, let's go see his dead body. Wouldn't you be mildly freaked out? Horrifying. I, I, well, I think the whole point that Wes Craven and the screenwriter were trying to make was that teenagers are so desensitized yeah. to violence that they would get a kick out of seeing their principal. Hung up on the oval. Yeah. Which, look, I wouldn't have minded seeing... <laughs> Kids These Days is the point of the movie. Kids These Days. Yeah. But I think everyone's really good. I think Rose McGowan's really good. I was really sad. And I love Rose McGowan. I love when Rose McGowan invites Sydney over to watch a movie and tells her that they're going to watch um all the right moves because if you pause it just right, you can see Tom Cruise's penis. Yeah. But it was funny watching this because... um. Bits keep blurring the older I get between this and Scary Movie. Absolutely. And, and the, and can, absolutely. And can I just say that I watched like 45 minutes of Scary Movie last night. Did you? Because I wanted to see how it held up. Yeah. And it's very much a shot-for-shot shot remake yeah. of this movie. But my the bit that sticks in my head is... Um, Rose McGowan's scene when she's in the garage yes. and then in Scary Movie, she's because a cat startles her, I think, yes. and in the movie, it's like, it's a horse <laughs> and she's like, horsey, you scared me. <laughs> Kitty, you scared me. So it's so good. Oh, I did read a trivia. My favourite piece of trivia was yes. that Rose McGowan's, um, when she goes into the cellar, she has very erect nipples. Yes. They are her real nipples, guys, if you're wondering. (laughs) When Tatum enters the garage, it is noted by many viewers that her nipples are extremely erect through her shirt. This was not a prosthetic. (laughs) This was the actress's real nipples. That's what Marilyn Manson likes. And also I like in that scene, a bit of trivia, Rose McGowan discovered that she could actually fit through a pet flap. (laughs) Good for you, Rose. But so many people auditioned. Oh. Uh, for the role of Sydney Prescott. Can I read out a few names yeah. for you? Brittany Murphy, R.I.P. Alicia Witt, R.I.P. I do like the... There's, <laughs> Melanie there's, Linsky, R.I.P. Hey, I love Melanie Linsky. There's a Alicia Silverstone joke in the movie. There is. Yeah. Did she audition for Sydney as well? Yeah. Because I know another blonde actress auditioned. Oh, shit. Melissa Joan Hart. Oh, yes. Can you imagine? If this movie was Melissa, there'd be lots of winking to camera. <laughs> 
But we haven't talked about my favourite character. Who's your favourite character? Gail Weathers. You love Gail Weathers. I love Gail Weathers. I do love... Um, and I do love Parker Posey as Gail Weathers. But yeah, I just think across the four movies, Gail Weathers is very consistent. Gail Weathers, though, is very willing to take on Sydney in this movie. She's kind of like... You put the wrong man behind bars. I don't care that your mum was brutally yeah, raped she's and murdered. You're a terrible person. Yeah. She's... Actually, Sydney's my favourite character. I lie. She the the bad guys are not very tough. She no. beats the shit out of them every time. They and the get... men are very. So I, I did uh, direct message you this week and tell you that I I do after watching it again, and this was the first time this uh, ever came to me watching Scream. Was it's I I do think it's a feminist text. Yes. Because. Well, it's not so much that the men in this movie are very weak, although no. I think they are. And that doesn't bother me because, I mean, I guess there's David Arquette. And even though he's kind of like a doofus, he still gets he's the job like done. He's like mentally deficient. Yeah, I, I know. I find their, their romantic relationship very He's caring weird. and he's not like an asshole. But the women in this movie are, are very, very strong. Mm-hmm. Except for the fact that her mother is a someone who sleeps around well, and no, that's, gets murdered. That's the part of this. I think they're almost making a commentary on it that yeah. like... Men who hold on to that sort of yeah, thing. hold on. Think women are sluts and think they deserve to die. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I think he's making a commentary on the fact that men think that women should behave a certain way, and yeah. when they don't, they deserve. Yeah, they deserve uh, getting brutally stabbed and murdered. Yeah. And, um. You know, he also makes the commentary about like Jamie Lee Curtis in Halloween being a virgin, and only virgins can survive mm. uh, horror movies. And yet in this movie. Uh, At the same Sydney time, Prescott loses her virginity to uh, one of the killers, Skeet Ulrich, and she does survive, and she yeah. kills Skeet. Yeah, and this is a triumph of someone who's owned her sexuality and has survived. Yeah, and so I quite like that about it as well, and also the fact that Gail Weathers comes back and shoots Skeet Ulrich, which is one of the great moments. Oh, it's so good! It's very satisfying. I know that when they when they have sex, and then the killer comes in and stabs Skeet. Because yes. Sydney's kind of on to him, yeah. But then he gets so-called stabbed. Mm-hmm. Totally fooled me. At oh the time. really? Oh yes. I thought. Oh well, I don't know who that is then. Yeah. Probably Matthew Lillard. Bloody double murder, murderers. Double, double murderers. I didn't. I, I'll tell you the one bit I did not like of this movie, Rebecca. Shaw. Okay. I do not like it um, when Sydney calls uh, Skeet Ulrich a pussy ass mama's boy. Because I am also a pussy-ass <laughs> mama's boy and I would never murder anyone. But uh, that's only because... Cross fingers. <laughs> because you are such a wuss, though. That's the only reason he wouldn't. Do you know I was thinking before that... Um, we well, don't know because I was thinking it. No, um, I don't know. In- you know what? When you think things, <laughs> they don't come out audibly on the podcast. They, they do usually. Um, in Felicity... <laughs> Ben dated, Fel- I mean, Noel dated Felicity, who then is in The Americans playing a spy. Noel also dated Jennifer Garner, who was then in Alias as a spy. Okay, carry on. What does this have to do with anything? I just <laughs> glazed over for about what felt like three minutes. <laughs> I just thought the people would like to know that I wanted to something. The people. <laughs> I wanted something the people would this. like to know. This is my, if I'm murdered, then you'll know that something's happened with the government. Last night I had the strangest dream I sailed away to China In a little rowboat to find ya And you said you had to get your laundry clean Didn't want no one to hold you What does that mean? And you said
Rebecca Shaw, it is getting so late it in is. the evening. I am. Is this the latest you've ever stayed this up? This is the latest I've stayed up. I do like to go to bed at 9.30. Yeah, thought so. Um, I always go to bed on a Saturday night after the bill. That's, oh, what, that's what my parents used to do. Uh, oh, that's cute. They'd stay out and they'd like come home by 8.30 and uh, they'd watch the bill. Then lights out, everyone. Oh, they get a bit saucy after oh, dark. no. <laughs> Jesus Christ. My mother listens to this show now. Hi, Mrs. Taggart. Although, when I told her other people listen, like, whenever I say, oh, this My mum listens also. When, when I, whenever I say to her, this person's listened to the podcast, they're like, she's like, really? <laughs> I'm like, yes. Why is it so impossible? Because it's a piece of shit, <laughs> obviously. Like, really? Rebecca... I am uh, going on a holiday soon, so I don't know when the next episode's going to be because uh, I don't know where I'll be. Where are you going? Melbourne. I'm faking my own death. Oh. I organized <laughs> cool. a tragic, tragic accident and uh, basically um, this is the last you're going to see me. Okay, cool. But I am going to Melbourne for the Melbourne International uh, Comedy Not Festival. to be in it, of course. No. <laughs> Just to watch. I'm very jealous of your escapades. But I'm looking forward to seeing lots of shows. Yep. Uh, if you're already down in Melbourne, if you have the profound privilege of living in Melbourne, which I believe uh, Alain de Botton calls uh, one of the most tolerable cities that isn't as ugly as Brisbane. Yeah, lovely. Um, if you are living there already or you are at the festival for an extended time, uh, who should they go and see? Cal Wilson. We saw Cal Wilson's show. Yes. That was very funny. Yes, she's lovely um, and tiny. We saw... Uh, uh, well, I, I think I didn't see it, but I'm going to go and see Tom Ballard's show. Yes, probably going to see Reese Nicholson's show. Right, I'll probably go and see Nath Valvo's uh, show. Any straight people? <sighs> yes, <laughs> Ben Pobji. I'm going to see Brendan Walsh's show, right. an American comic. Um, get out and see some lady comics. Genevieve Fricker. I'll probably she, see her show. She's probably one of my favourite comedians at the moment. Yes. Um, Tegan Higginbotham, I'm looking forward to seeing. Yep. Um, there's lots. There's so many and you should all be going to see lots because lots I can't go and see them and I want to go and see them. Um, Kate McClellan has a show. Did we She's say Hunter funny. Smith? Hunter Smith oh, has Hunter. a show. Oh, my God. And I didn't mention him because it's ending before I get to see it. So nobody see that show. Yeah. <laughs> if you're thinking about seeing that show, don't see it Mm-mm. because I can't and nobody should. Exactly. But yeah, if you want any more recommendations, hit us up on Twitter. My Twitter handle is at Peter Taggart. And I'm at Brockholtsnitch. Listen out for my appearance on Will Anderson's podcast, yes. Profop. It I might don't know. have already been released. Or it might never be released. Yeah, we don't <laughs> so know. So we'll see. Rebecca. Yeah. There's been an earworm stuck in my head. I'm sorry to do this to you. I know you hate it. It's the Clarissa Explains It. All theme song. And as Melissa Joan Hart says, everybody knows it. Everybody join in. Na, 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 na. Na, 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 na. Na, na, na. Hey. Nope. Yo, girl. Na, na, na. Hey, way cool. That's part of it. It's a classic. Making your way in the world today takes everything you got. Toss salads and scrambled eggs. The bad breath of my grandma Thought the poetry cheap like a hotel Track is like F-F-F-F-Man half a raisin Yo, yo, yo